0: Welcome to The Solution, put in the consumer first, sponsored by Agent Truth. And today I have, I think, you know, maybe one of the, <laughs> I don't know, hottest agents, the, I, I, I'm gonna you. say, you're steady, you're setting a new standard for agent in the industry. Right, let me give you some of Mauricio's stats, right? So Mauricio, in his first four months as an agent sold 12 houses, right? So, I mean, outstanding, but that was just getting him started, right? So in his first full year, Mauricio does 47 deals for 14 million. And in his second year, which is this year, so far, year to date through May, he's gonna do thirty six deals for 12 million. Mauricio Santa! welcome to the solution. So this is uh, the final episode yeah. of season five. Mauricio, you're gonna wrap us up. I just want to catch up those that have been following along. So we're looking for the the top ten things that maybe weren't ingrained in you. Like, you know, what 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 are they missing? Like, what what was so important that they may miss? So we had we started with one, which was join a team. Two was um, excel at uh, working your database. Number three is market was market knowledge and how that would be helpful. Number four was using a buyer booklet, and that is talking to the consumer about market stats right when you meet a buyer to get started. Number five was how assertive. You have to be that you have to actually be assertive number six was making sure that you understood contracts like with a buyer that in our marketplace you can get out of contracts pretty easy right so that is super important in helping people because you know the ins and outs of contracts and then cammy our let's see the agent on the cbuck team that has sold the most amount of houses other than me she had knowing when to get help Right, because we can, as agents, want to have lots of OCD and and be, and therefore we have to take care of everything ourselves instead of trying to find help. And then number eight was, she said, make sure you pick up the phone. So, Mauricio, good good list, but how about this? I mean, what what were they missing? Like, what do you think are the, the two hottest things that help you or would help somebody else that's not maybe. Operating on all six cylinders or eight cylinders, like you are.
1: Yeah, uh, I got to give you credit for this next one because this was something that I don't inherently do. I I very much so struggled with, but I've taken very seriously, which was um, knowing your numbers and tracking your stats as as detailed and as granular as possible.
0: Right, and all as Mauricio saying is is that he knows that I am a good book reader because I got it from Darren Hardy right, it wasn't me, right. it wasn't until I am, but you saw me be successful yeah. with it, and now you've imp- implemented that's know your numbers and track your numbers, is yeah. that what I heard?
1: you? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at uh, my own business, is that if I didn't track you know, where I am for the year, what I have in the pipeline, what's what's in escrow, I mean, all the different pieces of it, appointments that I'm going on, uh, contracts that I've written, escrows, all of that, I don't know how you can gauge what's working and what's not working and when you need to pour gasoline and, and work harder and when you can maybe
0: let your foot off the gas um, without having those stats. Well, I mean, it's it's just you're, you' you've become your own boss now. and usually your boss would bring those stats to you of saying this is how you performed. but when you're when, when you're your own boss, Who's gonna track the numbers? You have to. Yeah. But I, I wanna talk about the fuel that that gives you. Like like when you're tracking your stats and you have, like let's say you had a, your first month where you sold three houses and right. then this next time where you had four houses and then the next month it's two. Is is that the magic of it? You know, you
1: almost described the first six months I had in real estate was, uh, you know, first month, a couple deals, cool. Uh, it was second or third month that I had a breakout month. I had, I think it was the third month, and I had sold five transactions uh-huh. in my third month, right? And you're right. you're on fire, you're like, oh, I'm killing it, I can take a break, I can let my foot off the gas. And then all of a sudden it's month four and month five, two deals. And you're like, uh-oh, I'm moving in the wrong direction. And and when you can look at it and there's there's no hiding from the numbers, right? You did it or you didn't do it. You put them under contract and they closed, or
0: you didn't. No, you just have to be honest with yourself of right. either I did or not, but realizing it's- that I can't get the sales because... I started well because I did the appointments I did the previews I wrote the offers right, right. like these are there I mean because what it is is we have a success tracker that Mauricio's using right and that is how many leads did you get how many conversations that you have just the critical points that you need more of but clearly it's driven you to
1: yeah I mean so the, those two months for example where it had, had for me at that point with what I had set for my goals it had dropped off it it would be easier to look at and say, Oh, I did two deals. That's great. I'm new. But then you look at, all right, well, how many appointments did I go on compared to the three, the five month, let's call it that. And, and so then in my, when I hit 2021, which was my first full year, then it became, okay, I need to put a deal under contract every week. And I picked the point, like I picked the stat that I wanted to focus on, And then I was... Which was Homes Under Contract? Which was Homes Under Contract. Okay. Because I knew that... Because it's a leading indicator. It was a leading indicator. Right, okay. And and I realized that there was going to be some deals that fell out. So I knew that I needed to hit a certain number. And so then it was reverse engineering of, okay, well, wow, to get a deal under contract every week, how many appointments do I need to go on? And, and I, how
0: many was it for you?
1: At the time, I then looked back at the months that had worked and I knew- Because needed, you
0: actually now have stats to steps. tell you I knew how it. many appointments right. per contract. Right, I mean, It's the, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right,
1: the, the months that I only closed two deals, I was only putting two to four deals under contract that whole month and then one or two fell out and then okay, you don't get there. And so I, and you know, 47 deals last year, I almost hit a deal a week under contract to then close. And I found, well, I would say you probably put more than 50 it, yeah. under contract right. just because of the
0: cancellation, right? Right. Because now um, you're writing offers that are sight unseen and all that stuff. Right. I'm sure you had 60 deals under and contract. And so for
1: me, it was, I need to go on three to five appointments at least every week to be able to get one under contract. And, you know, 2021 was a lot more competitive. So in some cases it was, I need to even go on more than that because we might not win and then well, I think it becomes
0: staff. visual for you right right like things that you're not realizing is okay i know visually that if i don't have four appointments and i didn't write two offers if i if it's a one then i know that i can't get to the goal and it's just breaking it down into little pieces because it's it's more daily practice right meaning um each day you look did you write an offer at the end of the week you're like okay i wrote two offers, three offers, five offers, but then how much it drives you is, is very apparent, I think. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that what also, and even for myself and I look at other people that do or don't track their stats, is that I think when you get it so finite, okay, I created this many, I had this many conversations, I went on this many appointments, I wrote this many contracts, I got this many accepted, and then I got this many closed. When, when you have it all in front of you, again, then you're not guessing on... Where am I Where am I not executing where I need to? Great, if I wanna close four deals a month, I need to put six to eight deals under contract, let's call it, whatever it is for you. Okay, I'm hitting that, I'm, I'm, I am or I'm not hitting that stats. And you just work backwards until you figure out where's the hole in the boat. If you're not writing enough contracts, then look at how many appointments are you going on? Because if you're going on a lot of appointments, but you're not writing contracts, then I get to just, I know, I don't have to guess. I know what I'm not doing at a high enough level is, I'm not writing strong enough offers, I'm not creating value. But if I'm not going on enough appointments, then I gotta take one more step back. I gotta look at what am I saying on my first call in my my lead follow up? What am I doing there that's not generating appointments? It becomes very, uh, there's no emotion at that point. You just get to look at, where is my missing stat and now what is the step before that that i'm obviously not executing
0: and i love it because it really just is you being honest with yourself because you're also not creating false expectations because a lot of people i see were like i have to have this deal closed to make my numbers right and they're focused on that one deal and then they spend too much time and it's more important that you're focusing on, okay, I need this many appointments this week, because I know that I write at this rate, and that you're not misled that, okay, I only need 48 under contract to get 48 deals, because I feel that some people have created that, yeah. but but you now control it because you see, okay, well, my cancellation rate is But that's why it's custom for each person with themselves because if their cancellation rate is 30% versus 10%, then they need to put a lot, they need to be writing more offers. So then they know, okay, well I need to write eight offers versus you might only need to write six to get closed deals. Right, Right? because there's just that that difference in it. Wow. And then you start to level up. I mean, you then get to the point where you're like, what do you mean
1: level up? Like in the beginning it was, Again, if I, if I looked at the, the, mature, the maturing of my stats, it's like, all right, in the beginning, I was probably going on way more appointments to get the stats that I needed to get my end result of under contracts and closings. Where then as you get better at that initial lead follow-up call, you're like, oh, I don't need to have as many lead conversations to get the appointments I need. And then I don't need to have as many appointments to get the, the contracts that I need. And then you get to just... You just start to see it compound on itself where well, I can go on the same number of appointments and get more contracts written and more under more escrows.
0: I mean that is that is why you're one of the 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 best newcomers on the scene, right? Thank because you. you're what you're saying is is I'm facing the real feedback of okay, one, I know that I can get I should be, one, I should be getting better at writing contracts, For sure. right? Like the more I write them, I'm doing it, but also I'm investing it in because I want to get to the point where, let's say in this market price, I only have to write two offers per buyer, right? right? Like in future, when there's three months of inventory, maybe I'll we'll have to write one. But in this one, you know, I hear people writing five offers and six offers and then, but I think if they were, that tells me they're not writing their stats down because you know that if you write six offers, you feel guilty because you know that you're supposed to get them under contract with two offers, right? No, but I'm saying that's the beauty of the stats because then that tells you, okay, wait a minute. This is the second offer. I got to make this one work, right? Right? Like, so then you're using that as power to help you push through the harder things because you know I need to I, what did I do wrong the first time, right? Because we all make mistakes along the way. And now, you know, like I can't have any, like figuring out some people you put under contract with one offer right. and some you do three, but just knowing, okay, right? Like, okay. But I think it, it can drive you to to improve more because now you see the stats because you're like, wait a minute, I wrote 75 offers. How many offers did you write the first year? First full year, I probably wrote... I
1: probably wrote just under a hundred offers, and probably of the forty-seven deals that closed, I probably was in escrow sixty-three
0: times. Okay, first of all, congratulations, because <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> that's mother effing killing it, right? Like first year in the business, wrote a hundred offers. Holy cow! That's a good year. Wow, I worked hard it was no but that was just you taking very, what it is is then you're to me you clearly found a way of not being an impediment to the buyer For sure. right you were just being because i think that agents can um overwarn but i know we got to get to two i want to go too much yeah, about did we yeah. get everything that you wanted to say about tracking your stats out
1: yeah i, I think you've got to start somewhere and
0: uh okay it, so mine's an
1: excel spreadsheet like i'm still not even that fancy it's an Excel spreadsheet, and it tracks every deal, every cancellation. It's like I put some colors on it so I know what the hell I'm looking at, even though I probably look like a serial killer. Yeah. Like hieroglyphics. But you got to start somewhere, no, it, it doesn't won't, have to be
0: complicated. If it works for you, it works for you, and not everything's for everybody. But, okay, so what else? What is the? What are you going to wrap it up here? What are we going to end the season no. with? you got to give us a good one, Mo Man. All
1: right, so, um, and, and maybe you can help me narrow in what I'm saying here, but I think that understanding the pieces of uh, from brand new lead to contract closed. I think understanding what events need to happen to get you to the next step and controlling the flow of information that goes to the client.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's the control of the flow, right? I so, like that. Yeah, well, you just said it. So I love your words. And this is really hard because I think – um Uh, new agents can kind of be like new parents, right? Because what you're saying is that when you're a new parent, um, you never want to lie to your children, right? right? Like I have two kids and you just, you feel that you would never lie. And then when your kid's about six years old and comes home to school and they're like, mommy, am I going to die and you avoid the question and you put what i call punt it down the road sure. and you don't think that you're lying but essentially you didn't answer the question and that's a form of and i'm not saying that parents lie to kill the kids because i don't think that you lie to kids it's the reality is is that just because you know something doesn't mean you have to let the other party know right away because it may ruin what they're injecting. Like if you're a good person and they're a good person and they're trying to buy a house, for instance, let's give you let's 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 put this out on the road, right? Sure. So we have a thing at the Seabuck team, and just the thing for everybody is what I call the critical path. And that is you always must promote, which means you you market to meet new people. Sure. Then you need to meet the new people, then you need to record their information. And then you need to re, re when I say contact is number four, right? So we know that these five, four things have to happen, that you must market yourself as an agent to get business. Then you must meet new people. Then you must write their information down because then you, cause you have to write it down to then contact them. We know that these four things have to happen. And what you're saying is that sometimes you may have, let's go at number two right you said i have appointments so for me that's meet, Yep. right like you know that you have to meet people but sometimes you learn information that may prevent you from meeting the buyer so maybe that's something that you just put in your back pocket kind of like playing poker yeah right because you're, you're trying to control the information that you want to let, let on or not because really you want to help them and the only way that you're going to help them is if you meet them and if you don't ever meet them if you have that problem you mean it's you're going to struggle as an agent but just knowing that you can control the flow of information but that there are certain things that i'll go with maybe my you want to say your boss tells you but or your coach tells you or whatever it is is that if you control the flow of information, meaning, um, let's give me me, a call, give me an example. Jeff, I'm gonna put it to you this way.
1: I'm a pretty chatty person.
0: It's, Mauricio's a high eye. we all (laughs) celebrated. Like he's the happiest guy to meet everybody. So yes, you're a chatty person, all Uh, right. One of the biggest
1: turning points that I think really increased my appointment efficiency was in the beginning, I, I think that a huge part of my success is that I have become a local area expert. I can tell you about neighborhoods, I can tell you about houses, they are pa- all these different things, yep. right? I think Agreed. I know more than anybody. Um, and in the beginning- I like your confidence, thank yes. You. In the beginning, I felt that I needed to express all of that information in the first, let's call it one or two phone
0: calls before I ever met them. You were going to try and puke all over them I and possibly it. scare them away right. because, because you felt guilty that you had to educate them on everything like, up front.
1: I, I look younger than a lot of people in our industry, which is not that hard these days.
0: So you were uh, over trying to prove yourself <laughs> right? because when you look young, they think you're yeah. too young and you uh, got to prove yourself. I was new,
1: and so I didn't have the, the same leverage of, oh, I just sold one down the street or I just sold one here. I didn't have all those things. So let me overcompensate by knowing more than anyone else you talk to. And the turning point for me was, I don't know, my average phone call on the initial phone call was, let's call it 15 to 30 minutes.
0: And it's something that we promoted too, because it was the change in the marketplace where, you know, it's normal sales to do a lot of rapport building and you were establishing market expertise to build rapport. But go ahead, now how did you change that? And then the
1: shift I made was like, I tried to make that phone call as short as humanly possible. The, the first phone call the first phone wait call wait a minute like, but Marisha, you wouldn't you didn't want you didn't care about their needs you know what it was it was as simple as this especially if they had already identified a property or if i was bringing them something it was let me say as little as possible to get you to meet and so it, there was a, a back and forth sometimes it was too short sometimes it was in too long i went back and forth until i got to the point where in the first phone call in just a couple of minutes like 5 minutes or less let me figure out the general, general idea of what you're looking for so that I can show up with an off-market property or something that's coming soon or right. something. so we like. have a
0: thing that if you're going to show a property, you should at least show up with three properties. Yep. So you are just making sure you have enough information to, to bring three or four totally. in your bag. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And, and I looked at it as in this first appointment, and, and
1: we'll see if this starts to shift as the market adjusts, but in the first appointment, I looked at it as
0: in f- first glance, they just want someone to open the door for them. That's it, right? But uh, to me, it's 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 you prioritize number one. I need to meet them. Hundred percent, right? Because but you, it, you, you just said it. once we got into the house, then I
1: can I can subtly show my expertise, I can show, I can subtly brag about all that I know, my all the great things about me, and I can... So you,
0: what I call tap in the tooth, where you start to ask them questions and what yeah. actually develop after you've met them now totally. instead of before. Totally.
1: Because, I mean, someone else touched on the importance of a buyer booklet. I mean, all of those points in that first meeting are where you create value and your expertise, you show it, but... If you give them too much on the front end and they don't meet with you, then you never get to do that. And I'll give the two examples of, oh, they already ha- I had one today. You know, they had an offer on the property we were going to go see, and I was trying to squeeze us in there. And you give them too much, and-, and let me guess,
0: the client maybe said, you know what, Mauricio, it's under contract. Let's go see the next one. We're we're like, I mean, is that cause you were talking? Tell- we were talking in the green room, yeah, right. And they they were like, I made the mistake of
1: saying. Let's get in there quickly because they have an offer and we want to get in there before they make a decision. Because you were trying to create
0: urgency right. to
1: create the meeting, totally. you thought. But that- Absolutely. And and sometimes that works, but you have to be careful because then all of a sudden, they went up into defense mode of, well, we're not willing to go over a list. We don't want to get into a bidding war. We're tired of this market.
0: Uh, we we'll probably don't want to go see it. And... Well, this is why I compare buying to online dating, right? Because, well, I don't want to fall in love, love if she's already baggage. committed, right? right? Well, like, like I don't want to get, but that's what it is, is buyers, because it's so emotional and they're so, they, they want to find their home that they actually don't want to fall in love and that you know you have to sell the meeting. Right. So what did you do? But then all of it, so the, the mistake I made was obviously
1: giving them too much info to give them too, like giving them opportunities to then not meet with you. So I was able to overcome it, but then suddenly had to sell them on meeting with me, which you know I don't like to them to feel like I'm trying to sell them on anything in the beginning because they right. everything me, is, you're a, trying to sell. Them. You
0: have you're great at obviously, you know, I mean 47 deals in your first year is killing it in my opinion. So you're good at focusing on the customer service of let me like, I just need you to show you the house, right? Yeah. Like you focus on, okay, either way you, no matter what, it's always better them to see that for house, sure. even for comparison, right. right? We get there. They love the house. It's unique. That's
1: what they've been looking at. And then I mentioned it and then it opened up the floodgates because I had run, I had uh, run a search for basically everything and what they had generally mentioned that they wanted so I could show them some other stuff. And I then get to say, you know what, at this price range, I'm sure you already know, but you're likely not going to get this or not this. And you get to educate them on what's around there. And, Oh, I was in the house. There's one list that I was in. There's one pending over there. I was in that house. Like I get to then show that. And then opens the door of, you know what? Everything that we've looked at lately has just been terrible at this price range or this. And then they, in that moment, realize that they like the house, the backyard's perfect for their dog, Parker needs a big grass, whatever. And then on that initial phone call where they're like, I'm not willing to go over list. All of a sudden, you well, know, when you're then, in love, no we'll overpay, right? And like, like maybe, you know what? I'm not the the high pressure guy. I'm like, take 30 minutes, let's chat. You guys figure out what you want to do. I love take 30 minutes. And then take all the 30 minutes yeah, you need. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> and then, we're not. I'm not yeah, in a hurry. Take I, the 30 oh minutes <laughs> in every appointment. I'm not in a rush. And they leave. Actually, I think I said take an hour. And they call me back in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And they're like, you know what? We're willing we to. We want it. it Tell us what we need to win. 15 yeah. grand over list, and hopefully we'll be under contract today. But it's like. All of that is
0: gone if you give them too much information on the front end and give them hurdles to overcome to meet with you. Right. So Marishi says for number 10 and for the wrap up of season five of The Solution sponsored by Asian Truth, is control the flow of information, right? Just because you know it doesn't mean you have to do it. You have to know that you're selling and that sometimes it's better to meet them so that you can help them win because sometimes people can be overprotective of their feelings and that in person you can really l- let them know who you are. Great job, Mo Man. Thanks. Awesome. All right, so that ends con- season five. Next week we begin... Uh, I guess it's just called Agent Truth, where agents go to grow. So we've created a place. If you haven't been out there, visit AgentTruth.com. All of our videos will be up there. Next week's guest out of Chicago, top performer Katie Spaniak is coming to be with us live. So what the way it's going to work with Agent Truth is we are going to do a podcast. Then the following week we're gonna interview that podcast and then you, the audience, gets to talk to the agent. Because this week, in the future, we'll bring you back on so they can talk to you so you can feel uh, Mauricio's energy (laughs) in person. But this way then, next week, what Katie's gonna talk about her, whatever her top thing is that she wants to talk about, and then you will, the following week, get to ask her questions specifically during a live call. Cool. right and then um, in the back half of the week for major truth is we're gonna start partnering people up for accountability. We're gonna teach you how to to create a, the build, uh, a, a accountability partner and we're gonna partner people up. Um, thank you Mauricio. you were Thanks outstanding. Happy Thursday. Let's get it.